Good day, good day, good day. Welcome to the Umbrella Academy. Another class is in session to be talking about uh, class number three, Extraordinary. My name is Alex. And like all good classes, there are three teachers here. Uh, there's a one who's like sort of fun and goofy. There's one who's a bit of an authoritarian, and there's another one who just is, does who just says his name. Now here's <laughs> the thing: <laughs> you're gonna love this because there are only ten classes, and then we're gonna take a break for the rest of the year. That's how this school works. I'm Justin. I'm Alex. That threw me for a loop Uh, Well and we'll see what happens in terms of the break Because I think we're going to run right up Against the second season here As we are going through the first season Of Umbrella Academy Now as usual a little bit of warning here We are not going to Talk through the full episode We're not going to give you any spoiler warnings Watch it first then come over here for Umbrella Pod Academy, and we will talk about Extraordinary, the episode. Uh, well, let's give a brief overview of what happened first, just so you guys can have an idea. Wow. Yes. Certainly, if you haven't watched it in a while, this will be a nice little refresher for you. Um, a so primer. The yeah, a primer, if you will. Uh, so primer. the members of the Umbrella Academy are still grappling with the death of Reginald Hargreaves, their quote-unquote father who raised them, um, and delving into the mystery of exactly what happened to him. At the same time, Five, one of the members of the Umbrella Academy, is trying to prevent the end of the world, which is now seven to six days from now, depending on what point of the episode you're watching. Uh, he is investigating another number of avenues there. Uh, and then there's also Vanya who's pretty bummed out because nobody in her family likes her because as we find out this episode or delve further into this episode, she wrote a autobiography that blew up their spot. Yes, Pete, what's up? Uh, So as we find out, though, she thinks everybody doesn't like her, but everybody thinks that she was like, nah, fuck you guys, I'm too cool. Like, So there was a lack of communication that kind of really birthed this whole like, you know, thing. So I feel like if they would have really just talked to each other, they would have realized that it wasn't like that. You know? It all comes back to communication, and yeah. that's the biggest lesson we can impart here. Whether you're a human talking to their human partner or a family of uh, disparate members of superpowered kids who grew up and grew apart, like you know. Yes, like you know, indeed. Now, back to the brief, hopefully, recap. Um, <laughs> while they are looking into everything that's going on, in the background, uh, there are two, I don't even know what to call them, not exactly assassins, not exactly like, uh, there's something. They're, they're violent yeah. dudes named Hazel and Chacha who are trying to track down Five. The problem is they knew Five when he was much older in the future. Now he's much younger. He's just a kid. So they haven't been able to find him yet. Uh, but this episode, they do. They track him back to the Umbrella Academy. Big fight scene ensues. One of the big things that I'm sure we'll oh. talk about is Luther, who has gotten pretty swole, Gets a shirt ripped off, as one tends to do during a fight, and it turns out he's oh, a big old monkey man, as you know. Uh, and then by Fun the end surprise. of everything, uh, by the end of everything, uh, Klaus, 
has been kidnapped by Hazel and Cha-Cha. Uh, the, the family is more broken apart than even before. And Diego, in a big plot line, he's one of the members of the Umbrella Academy as well, has turned off mom, their robot who raised them. Oh. Because as he found out, he believes there is enough doubt that she may, in fact, have killed Reginald Hargreaves. Very sad. Normally keeping normally keeping your mom turned off is a good thing for a son to do. But in this case, not great. Yeah, heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. And I just wanted to speak uh, a little bit to the shirt ripping off thing. Uh, You know, it happens a lot in movies and television. You're like, oh, my God, that seems ridiculous. But... As someone who had to ha- did get their shirt ripped off in a fight, it's uh, it's real, guys. It is real, and there's nothing worse than riding a subway shirtless. Um, yeah. And what uh, what type of animal body do you have underneath? Um, did you, what did you say? Say like I, a bird or like I would a, say a little bit of like a honey badger. You know what I mean? There's a lot of hair. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot I of for honey. sure you're going to say I love being a turtle. Oh, should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so wait, I have more questions about the shirt ripping off uh, the thing that happened in your real life, Pete. So when you say your shirt got ripped off, first of all, what type of shirt was it? Was it like a T-shirt or was it a button down or what's going on there? Yeah, it was a, it was a straight uh, T-shirt. A straight T-shirt. And somebody mm-hmm. just grabbed it and ripped it off of you? Well, they were trying to punch me in the face but since my friend tackled uh, them, uh, it kind of just raked down my face, knocking my glasses off. And then they grabbed my shirt. And as they were being uh, tackled, uh, uh, my shirt was ripped off, which is not great when you're in the middle, about to get into a bar fight. And then all of a sudden you don't have your glasses or a shirt. You know, it gets real weird real fast. See, the I way I saw it, the, I was there oh, for this fight, and the way I saw it was you um, you pulled your shirt open or were like, rah, let's do this, and you crumbled your glasses into a ball because you were like, I can see fucking fine. <laughs> that would have been more badass than what actually happened, so I kind of do wish it happened that way. That is kind of amazing, though. I can't believe your shirt actually got ripped off. That's it's great. It's not that. How it's long did you great. hang at the bar after that? Oh, uh, not after the fight. Everybody was thrown out into the street. Uh, okay, yeah. so you went to another bar. Or what happened? <laughs> oh, I, I took the the subway uh, ride home uh, shirtless, which again I oh, don't okay. recommend. You get a lot of looks. All right, let's talk about Diego's storyline first because there's so much poignancy and emotion going on there. I know we've been pretty hard on the show, but I do think it hits some nice emotional notes this episode, particularly a Diego's storyline. Um, what was your take on this one? Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, he, for better or worse, I guess, gets to be sort of the emotional core of uh, this episode for sure. And I think the episodes leading up to this, you sort of ride along with him and he's the only one who really cares about the mother. Uh, and we hear their relationship develop because she really took time with him to fix his stuttering and whatnot. Oh, yeah, that was heartbreaking. Which was great. And I think it, you really feel for him when he sees the mother sewing uh, the needle in right into her arm and he realizes, oh, man, I had this intense emotional connection with a robot. And I think it really burns him there. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that a mom does the old I cannot recall uh, you know, when he asked specifically about the death of the father, I mean, that's, uh, you know, 
That's heartbreaking as well. Said suspect. Yeah. 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 It was also suspect with Bill Clinton when he said it oh, during boy. his impeachment trial. You know what I'm talking about? Wow. Wow, yes. man. Wow. Do you yeah, want to talk he, more about that? About the Clintons and my theories yeah. on them? You want to talk about that? Yeah, you're no. a radical. You're a QAnon now, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I can't even go. I, I'm sorry. I can't do this. You can't even um, pretend to be a QAnon for the sake of be, this? <laughs> no, for this bit. I'm sorry about that. Um, what What do you think, though, about the, the eventual... The thing is, conclu- you set up the bit, and then you quit on it. So, I mean, that's right. a, it's a little bit... Well, that's what the, the Q, Q stands for that Alex yeah. worships, is quit. <laughs> uh, quit it, quitting Alex. That's what I call myself. Quit it on. Oh, wow. Uh, so do you think mom did it? Like, did mom murder Reginald Hargreaves? Or is Diego just turning her off for no reason? Yeah, it kind of feels that way because it's a little bit like she's glitchy. And it looks like something happened or maybe she's been running for too long or whatever it is, because like, I don't think she means to be sewing herself into her thing there or using her rubberized skin in that way. So (laughs) I feel like she's malfunctioning, but I don't necessarily think she's the killer. I mean, they cut away, but what he did is he turned her off and he blew in her mouth for a minute and then turned her back on and she's going to, she's working fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, now she's he's finally able to get to the Seventh Temple in Zelda. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think... He just did the I code, and now she has unlimited lives? Yeah, she's definitely a Konami uh, mom. Konami. She's a Konami. Konami. <laughs> Konami code. Oh, man. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A, B-A, select, start, cookies. Wow. That's for that's for two player motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I, what I think um, I like how the select start is a little bit of a humble brag on your part. That's one hundred percent right. The whole thing was a brag brag, and the select start was the <laughs> humble part because okay. uh, I explained it. Um, I think the mom did not do it. I think she was um, something was uh, changed in her, uh, and so I uh, full disclosure: I haven't watched this series. I'm watching it episode by episode. As we're doing this podcast, so I don't know what's happened. I have read the comics, um, but I, I do think that she was messed with, and that's why Diego is noticing the problem here. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to be honest. I just don't remember. There's certain things that I remember about the show, but I don't remember necessarily how this goes. But I, I do remember this part was confusing to me in terms of the motivations, specifically because. They seem to imply that, like, what's going on with Diego, he looked at the tape, saw her do something to Reginald Hargreaves, and then he shuts her down. But we don't get to see that tape in full, so we don't get to see that evidence. Uh, And I don't know why. I'm not 100% sure why they made that choice. You know? Yeah, I think it's going to get explained later. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. Good to, nice. good to know. <laughs> I hope so. Great. Yeah, there we go. Uh, let's talk about, let's jump over to Vanya then, uh, because there's lots of stuff also that happens with Vanya this episode. Ellen Page continues to be great in the show. She's awesome. Um, what do you think about her arc this episode? Well, I mean, you're, you know, it's this thing about Vanya, uh, like kind of just struggling to exist a little bit here. You know, she's late. Um, you know, that whole part where she gets ripped apart in that woman's bathroom about her violin playing, very uncalled for, very cold. Um, but it's also this thing of like, um, 
when she's stressed, she's chomping pills, you know? Um, And so, like, she's, like the rest of the family, barely holding it together and trying to kind of maintain some kind of normalcy. Um, But, yeah, uh, the stuff with her sister is the really kind of, like, uh, a heartbreaking kind of stuff where like, you know, her sister reamed her out. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think the whole, she's been isolated her whole life. Like she doesn't have powers. She's on the outs. She walks alone. And I think her writing that book was a way of using her sort of superpower of being on the outside of the situation and uh, trying to like, like, look, I will be uh, this, t- do this tell all. Look, I am part of this family. I will prove it with this book. And she does, but it doesn't make them like her anymore. It makes them like her less. And she's still in this same thing. And their, their childhood relationships are just been projected forward in the future. And they claim to be trying to protect her, but they really just don't want her really there for multiple reasons. That's interesting that you say that because. It's very true, and it's also, like, with number five, it's kind of literal. Like, they stop growing when, you know, like, before he left. They all kind of, like, stayed in kind of this stasis, and now he's back, and, like, they're kind of opening up wounds and kind of re-exploring things, which is kind of interesting. I wish we got to see or hear a little bit of her book. Because I mm. feel like it would We get clou- very little snippets, like little, little stuff. Yeah, there's a nice montage at the beginning when we see her writing the yeah. book, reading it. Her audiences dwindle. They're not as interested. She's not the new hotness anymore. But there's not really a sense of like... I, I think you could intuit that what she was doing with the book was she was trying to tell her story, but probably slamming her brothers and sisters a little bit. But we mm. don't know that for sure because we don't hear enough of the book. Like, we know that right. they're pissed that she wrote about the idea of the book, but we don't know about the content. And um, not that you, like, need to explicitly state things all the time, but I feel like that's something that would help the emotional intensity. Like, a beat of somebody, one of them, probably Allison, reading a passage from the book to be like, why the fuck did you write this about me? Yeah, you know? And we cool. haven't gotten I know. Yet. If you guys write a book, one of you guys write a book about us, I'm definitely going to use a highlighter and then fucking question you guys on it for sure. Interesting. It's crazy if one of us did a tell-all book because literally what we do is tell all into the microphone. <laughs> if there's something uncovered that we haven't talked about, good luck finding it. I mean, I don't know. We do a lot of podcasts and we keep finding out new stuff about Pete. For example, he got his shirt turned off in a fight. <laughs> yes, that's a great example. Uh, yeah, the Vanya stuff is good. Uh, the one thing that also like strikes me a little false, and I, again, I know I'm like lumping on this show too much, but yeah, you are. Her at the end, after everybody is like, "Why were you in the middle of that fight? What's wrong with you?" Which is a weird reaction to have anyway. But they're all kind of dicks, so fine, I can roll with it. Her going to Leonard's house and saying, "I have nowhere else to go," is like. She has her own apartment. It's not like she yes. lives at the Umbrella Academy or anything like that. So it feels like maybe something changed in the script at some point or something. Uh, if anything, 
again, it feels like it would have made it stronger if she was actually living at the Umbrella Academy. She was the one person who didn't move on, and she literally did not have anywhere to go. Um, but uh, it didn't quite track for me. That's all. That's interesting, because the way I took that was that it was a very performative thing for her to do. And it was mm. like her, she doesn't know how to form relationships with people. Yeah. She's been sort of rejected by her family her whole life. So the only way she knows how to form a relationship with this guy that she's interested in is to make herself vulnerable and need protection in the same way that that's how she relates to her siblings. So she pulls the same trick on him. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, well, I think Justin's right, uh, Alex. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the episode. Look, we're still we're... working our issues out, just like the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, oh, that's great. Um, um, I did the Luther. Go ahead. I did really like the kind of Luther Allison stuff, where Allison kind of reveals that she used her power on her kid. Which you know, uh, if you kind of. If you guys had that power and your baby was crying all the time, you know, like it's it's a little bit understandable, you know. I mean, I don't know. She says she kind of used it too much, which makes me think, okay, maybe you you did abuse it a little bit, but uh, you know, that's got to be tough, you know. It's definitely so. She has these rumor powers where she's like, "I heard a rumor that blah blah blah," and then it becomes true. Mm-hmm. Um, in case that hasn't been explicitly stated in the show, I think she's done it like once at this point. Yeah, um, that is a totally horrifying but totally reasonable thing to do to a baby. Yeah, yeah, is what I'd say. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I had that power, I think there's times when you're just exhausted and you'd be like, I heard a rumor that you were asleep now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I had a rumor exactly. that you got potty trained six fucking months ago, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, the Allison stuff is good. And I like that she tries to make amends with uh, Vanya in this episode, even though Leonard uses the opportunity to basically negger, I think. Yeah, that yeah. was... Uh, right? Uh, how guy, uh, Justin, this is your first time... Guy. This is your first time to the show. I remember having a very visceral reaction to Leonard, like, right off, where I was like, oh, this guy sucks. Yeah. yeah. But what's he your take sucks. on it? Yeah, no, I don't like Leonard. He's not fun. Yeah. yeah. Suspect the entire time. Yeah, total suspect. And also, like, when he reveals... Like, you know, I have a fucking creepy doll that I made of you. Oh, come on, man. You got to run. You got to run. Mm-hmm. You don't fucking hang around when someone shows you a doll they made of you. It's not a great courtship move to have a doll already. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Already <laughs> is right. Wait, what? 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 Yeah, what do you mean already is right? I'm just not sure I understand the answer. It was like their second time seeing uh, each other. And, like, he already had a doll made. It wasn't like they'd been uh, dating yeah. for months. And you know yeah, what? There's I a really... normal time in any relationship yeah. where you make a doll out of the person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> Alvin, why you, are you saying what? You know, the You, you, see, know, you secretly people... clip a section of their human hair yep. and then mm-hmm. pay, use that on the doll to make the hair on the doll. That's a normal right. thing. But I think Pete's point is exactly right. It's a third date thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Easy thing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I could show you guys. There's a doll of my wife right up there. Oh my god! We're on recording this on Skype. I could. I'm pointing behind me. You yeah. can't see it right now. Now we yeah. see your. We've you, seen you're your pointing doll at your wife. Yeah. I did, Alex, I did is, Alex is married to a doll. We should just. Yes. Say. <laughs> you know my catchphrase. I didn't doll my wife, and then you guys are always like, "I don't care." 
right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we need to explain any more about the reference you're making. There's no need. To, everyone gets it right of the way. A quote from a movie that is easily 20 years old, and it's a quote that is doesn't have the information of the movie in the quote. You got it. I, I got, got it. it. I got it. Yeah, uh, but first go. off, I know you um, <laughs> uh, for sure. It's yeah. like if you were quoting Forrest Gump and you were like quoting <laughs> Jenny being like, oh, I'm going to go to my house. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody be like, oh, I don't know what you're referencing there. Well, if you know what we're referencing, you could definitely hit us up at Podcademy on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And we're going to send you a prize, a a discontinued um, laser disc of the movie um, that Alex is talking about. Oh, boy. Uh, Uh, Let's talk about Hazel and Cha-Cha, one of my favorite parts of this show. You love it. Sure. Pete, go for it. Well, what I like about it is Hazel really seems to like the donut lady. Like he's not, you know, sometimes people play people for information, but it seems like Hazel generally cares about this donut lady and is trying to be super nice and like uh, cares about her and her day and like hearing about the donuts. I mean, uh, you know, Cha-Cha is all business. I mean, Mary J. Mary J. Blige has an amazing fight sequence that we'll get to later. But uh, I I really love these two together. I think they're a great, fun pairing. And, like, it's so much is said in that scene where it's, like, she's using the hair curler to, like, you know, uh, burn her wounds. And, you know, uh, he's, like, watching TV and getting kind of wrapped up in it. And then they kind of get that tube message where it's, like, you're going to get uh, deducted and pay unless you do your job. Love a tube message. Oh, I, they like are a, a good partnership. Message. It's almost like they were written that way. The names Hazel and Cha-Cha go together. If it was like Cha-Cha and Wing Wing or uh, Hazel and Dave or something, not as fun. <laughs> Hazel and Cha-Cha is good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're fine. They're fine. Uh, we talked about this before on the podcast, but they're very like stock characters in a Quentin Tarantino movie that yes. managed to wander their way into Umbrella Academy, essentially. Oh, but. Yeah, but they're fun. They're fine. The big fight sequence, I think, is is well done. Um, in oh the yeah, Cinderman. Why that's because I was they held out the music for a little bit, and I got nervous it wasn't going to happen, and that was like such a fun part of the episode before. So I was really happy when we when we got the music during that fight sequence. Yeah, I mean it the does. the music in the show is great. Yeah, it's it's a good fight sequence. It's well done. I do feel like. You get the first three episodes so far have been like angsty Umbrella Academy kids. And then in the last act, you have Hazel and Cha-Cha come in or somebody comes in and there's a big fight scene and they shoot up the place. Yeah. So I feel like I want that pattern to shake up a little bit and change a little what? bit at this point. Oh, no, boo. because this is the crest. This is boo. the one where like boo. Hazel and Cha-Cha, they come boo. into the Umbrella Academy proper and attack everybody. So that's great. Change the formula next episode. It nope. doesn't need to be the same thing every episode. If I agree it, with you there. Go ahead, Pete. If it's not broke, what the fuck are you doing? Like, that's a fun thing. Like, if I get to sit down and and I know at some point in this episode I'm going to get some fight scenes with some great music, that's going to keep me coming back. Uh, 
Yes, uh, I, I mean, I agree with that. And I do think this is like the best version of that fight that they've done. Like there's some nice emotional moments here. Luther saving Allison, getting beat up, revealing his gorilla body. I, I thought that was cool. I wish they did it as sort of a moment where everyone stops and really looks around. <laughs> like they really got a chance to make eye contact with everyone. I wish it was a faster moment where his body's revealed as he's turning and running after them. So that and slip into slow mo like they did, but it's much more of a shock and much more of a panic in his eyes. But he still knows that he has to be a hero. But instead, this moment it was sort of like, <sighs> "I'm a monster." It was like they upped the melodrama when I think the moment was so perfect. If they had just moved, uh, it's I agree, also I agree with uh, you a little bit there. Um, but you know, you. If you kind of are revealed like that, I feel like there is a little bit of kind of like, don't look at me. I I guess, but they also made him so ludicrously large on the show (laughs) that it's like there was clearly something already wrong with him. Like he's not a normally shaped human being, even if he got very muscly on the mood or anything like that. So the ape body is just an extra step beyond that. And it's not even like a very ape body. It's just, he's kind of hairy and weirdly silicon muscled, you know? Mm. uh, So I don't know. It's fine. I'm glad they revealed it. I'm glad we can get past that. And that's all good. Let's talk about the highlight of the episode. Before I have one more thing on that, before we move on, um, I do what I did like that they did there is they had this sort of music box music playing, yeah. And I think they use that moment to let all of the them realize how far they've come from being children. Like, just mm-hmm. the distance between them all now, both emotionally and, like, his body has been changed irrevocably in this moment. We see it, and that was cool. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I was just going to say, let's talk about the real highlight of the episode, Klaus. which was Klaus. As usual, Klaus, great stuff. Killing it. Uh, Klaus eating a, a dumpster donut. That was super fun. <laughs> oh, Very gross. Cool. Pete, wow. you're staying in Philly right now. Uh, Philly just had a big shutdown because people were uh, setting up their dumpster swimming pools. Uh, was that something you were getting involved in? Oh, man. There's nothing like a dumpster diving. You know what I mean? Uh, but also in Brooklyn, they have this uh, a thing where they they would kind of put those like uh, I don't know if they're giant trash bins or what they're called, but they would like uh, cut those out and make like pools out of it, and they would kind of like transport them to different areas in the city f- so people could swim, which was kind of cool. Shipping with you, so it was giant with you in container. them. What like were you in them and they'd sort of drag you around the city in a swimming pool? No, no, mm, it was like that's legit. Too bad. It was legit. 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 So, yeah, Klaus gets the dumpster donut. uh, But also the big thing is we get it. I love these just like little moments of him dealing with literal ghosts. He's lying in the water. He's taking a bath. And just there's ghosts surrounding him. You get what is breaking him and what has broken him without overstating it. Like a lot of the show... They overstate. People are like, Vanya, I hate you. Here is why I hate you. With Klaus, it's just there and you know it. And it's all through the performance. 
and it's understated and it's so good. But at the same time, you get these amazing things like the entire action sequence going on and Klaus in a towel just dancing around the whole Singing house. Singing it up, rocking out. Also, like, what's great about Klaus is you also get a little bit of Ben, his brother, and he's the only one who can, like, see and talk with him. So the whole thing of, like, Ben trying to warn him about what's going on, but Klaus is too into his music is also great. Klaus and Ben together are just really great, and I, I hope... I can't remember if this pays off later or whatever, but I really want more of those two. Yeah. Klaus and Ben, Hazel and Cha-Cha. Choose. Oh, yeah. Choose. Ooh, choose. Pete. You I, must choose. Um, come on, man. Come on. Don't make me choose. <laughs> you I'll must choose. I'll choose later after we get more apps. No, no apps. The number of apps is now. If I got to choose now, I feel like I'm going to go with Hazel and Cha-Cha, but I feel like Oof. as the show, I'm going to be Klaus and Ben. Well, you chose wrong. No, well, thanks, uh, man. Speaking of donuts and Hazel and Cha-Cha, though, towards the end of the episode, Hazel is eating donuts on a vibrating bed. Uh, Pete, as the person on the podcast who's used a vibrating bed before, yeah. good idea or bad idea? It feels like a bad idea to be eating like sugary donuts on a vibrating bed because you get sugar everywhere. Well, yes, but it really depends yeah. on what kind of night you're having. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, do tell, uh, you know, cause sometimes you're like, man, I've got like five minutes before I'm going to go out and like, I need to get hyped. Then you want to do some sugar donuts on a bed. But you know, if your stomach's not doing too well, I wouldn't recommend like, Eating and vibrating. It's not It's not good. Interesting. So when you're trying to get hyped, uh, to use your words, for a night yeah. out, yeah. just plop on a vibrating bed for 510? Yeah. That, yeah. That's yeah. your yeah. disco now? Sugar. Shake up the old cells? Yeah. Yeah. Get yourself loose and ready to roll. Nice. Uh, any other moments of the episode you guys want to talk about before we start to wrap up here? Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't talk about five too much. Um, no, no, we didn't. And how uh, Hazel Chacha have to kill five. Five is doing his own thing. He does love a mannequin. Yeah. Yes. Um, and he's jealous of Klaus touching the mannequin. Um, so that was fun. It's interesting how we don't know what anyone's motivations are right now. <laughs> We're just watching stuff happen to people. Um, and I would like to know a little bit more about that. Um, to piggyback on uh, what Justin said there, the Klaus and the van stuff was just so much fun. Uh, when he, they like five jumps in the van and then the reveal that like Klaus is holding the, uh, like just so Klaus is just comedy gold. You know, it's yeah, funny. That- um, a van is just a vibrating bed on wheels. When you think about <laughs> <laughs> the beds are rocking, don't come and knock. And that's what I always say. Uh, before we wrap up here, who got top marks this episode? Pete, you want to go first? Who who do you give top marks to? Who this is tough. This is tough. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Cha Cha. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, easily predicted. I mean, she's pretty badass, man. Even fighting with that giant kind of like inflatable helmet thing on and taking on the whole academy, pretty badass. 
Um, since Alex is going to definitely choose Klaus, I'm going to go with Diego. I liked the way Diego played his moments uh, in this episode. The stuff with the mom I thought was a nice, quiet center um, for the episode. Um, Those moments really helped to, especially near the end, to be a counterpoint to all the action going on around him. Some of his douchey banter with the detective was fun. Yeah, he's a fun he's a fun character, and I think he he's got these big sad eyes that you just want to take care of. Aww. Oh man, uh, I like how this podcast is breaking down to we could be like Justin, who you, do you give top marks? Because Pete is cha cha and I'm Klaus. Yeah. Yes, uh, yeah, but uh, I agree with you. Diego was great this episode, but Klaus is just great. I yeah. love watching Klaus. The whole thing with the towel dance was so much fun. That was the highlight of that fight sequence for me. Um, everything else that we talked about before, even him just popping out of a dumpster and eating a donut is so funny. Like it's such a, <laughs> it brightens up the entire show. Every moment that he's on screen. Great stuff. All right. If you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday at 7 PM to crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We'll chat with you about umbrella Academy pot at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Definitely let us know that thing we asked earlier in the show. I don't remember what it is. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And we'll see you next time on the Podcatomy. RDU90, Devlin McGregor. That's what it's all about. (laughs) That's a more esoteric quote from that movie. (laughs) (laughs) That is.